love Chapel Hill. Morning. 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 It is so, so amazing to be here with you all in the theater and with you online. I can't tell you how amazing it feels to be here. The Spirit of God is truly here and worship is awesome. And it's so good to see everyone this morning. Well, breathless work, I am so excited and humbled to be a part of this message because it's one of my favorite topics in the Bible to show, to see Jesus show reckless love and teach about it and to defy the thoughts and the mindsets of some of the people in that day um, who wouldn't normally accept uh, everyone. But, this, but Jesus says everyone is welcome in the kingdom. So I'm going to read the scripture first, and then I'm going to pray, and then um, we're going to dig into the word. So this scripture comes from Luke 15, verse 11 to 332, I'm reading from the NIV version. And it's the parable of the lost son. In in verse 11 it says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate. So he give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got all that he had together and set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed for he longed to fill his stomach with pies that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine it was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. 
verse 25, it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called to one of his servants and asked, What is going on? The brother has, your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the sighted cow because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you gave me, yet you never gave me even a young goat to celebrate, so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, has come home, you killed a fattened calf for him. The father replied, my son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because your brother, this brother of yours, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your presence. And we thank you, Lord God, for preparing our hearts to hear the word. Thank you, Lord God, for helping me to deliver the word as you intended. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, to provide us some background to this story, um, to this parable, I'm going to back up to the first verse in Luke 15. And it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And so this parable, along with the other two parables in this um, chapter, were told in response to the Pharisees and the scribes complaining that Jesus welcomed sinners and he sat and ate with them. And he fellowship with them. And so you have in the... Um, the first two uh, parables are all about something that was lost and then found again. Um, the first parable was the parable of the lost sheep. And the shepherd lost one and he left, he had a hundred sheep, and he left the one to go, he left the 99, excuse me, left the 99 to go diligently seek that one that was lost. And when he came back, he said, celebrate with me for my sheep that I had lost is now found. And then the second parable was about um, a coin that a woman had lost. And she held on to the nine while she diligently searched for the one. And when she found that lost coin, she said to her friends, celebrate with me for I lost this coin and now it is found. So that brings us to the third um, parable, which we're going to focus on today, is the, the parable of the lost son. So 
It says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger son said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And so he divided the property between them. Usually an estate is something that you get upon someone's death. So the son was asking his father, well, he was demanding, he didn't ask, he didn't say, Father, please give me. He was demanding, he was like, Father, give me what he felt he deserved, that he felt that he was entitled to. And so the father did. And you see that this is a wealthy family with, well, they have servants, and the son was with the father, and he didn't want for anything. Everything that the father had, he had. But the son wanted to be in control of his own life. We see that um, the same, same ambition that we saw in the garden, where Adam and Eve wanted to be more knowledgeable. They wanted to be on the same level with God. Right? And so we see that here in the story. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set out for a distant country. And there squandered his wealth with wild living. And after he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So while living in this context means that he began to be in a sinful state. He left harmony with his father to go out on his own, but he squandered everything by what they say, wild living, which is a sinful state. So here we see another familiarity with Adam and Eve in the garden when Adam and Eve took a bite of the fruit, they began to enter into disobedience from God, and they began to separate themselves from God. And for the first time, after they entered into the sinful state, they began to be in lack. And, and they never had felt that before because they were in the garden with in harmony with God. And likewise, so in this story, the, the younger son began to feel meek, which he never felt before. So in verse 15 it says, so he went and hired himself to a citizen of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So in this day and time, pigs were considered very unclean. And to even have the job of feeding pigs was considered a lowly position. And so he was longing to eat what the pigs had, but still no one gave him anything. So here we see the son at his lowest time in his life so far. In verse 17 it says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. 
He says to himself, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and no longer, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. So unlike the other the first two parables where repentance is specifically mentioned, here it's implied because the very definition of repentance is to turn around, right? And so he's having this experience. He's looking at he's thinking he's looking at his situation, he's thinking about this and he's thinking about his father's hired service and how they um, had food to spare. And here he was and it, it says, five, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. So here we see the father showing reckless love to the son because in this day and time, it was not proper for a dignified man to run, let alone embrace a son or a, a person who, who was labeled as a sinner and to, who squandered his property. It, was, it wasn't um, considered proper. The Pharisees um, of that time, or it was the time that Jesus was telling the story, they kind of split humanity into two um, categories, the unclean and the righteous. And they, did, they worked very hard to keep themselves separate from the righteous. I mean, from the unclean. So this was thought to be, um, you know, not, uh, not something that he should do. But it's a direct reflection of how God sees us and how God recklessly loves us. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Let me put that back because it's important for me to note that um, but while he was still a, a long way off. So in the first two parables we see um, the shepherd, and we see the woman diligently going, searching the house and searching the field for the lost sheep. So even though we don't see the father go out into distant countries looking for his son, in order to think about it, in order to see somebody from far off, you have to be looking, right? You can't just, you know, you can't just be working or, you know, you have to be, the father was expecting him to come home. He was looking off in the distance, expecting his son to come home. Okay, so verse 21. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast to celebrate. For this my son, the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. 
So again, you hear, you see another celebration. After something that was lost was found, now here we see a celebration. But we also see the father restoring his son. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't even let him finish his request, his his speech. He says, "Now stop." You know, he turns to his servants and says, "Bring the best robe. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet." He restored him. He didn't even, you know, entertain making him a hired servant or anything else or, or dismissing him. He welcomed and he restored. That's when we see a reflection of redemption. In verse 25, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called to one of the servants and asked him, what is going on? Your brother has come, he replied. Your father has killed a fattened calf because he has come back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So you think he would be happy, right? And, you know, but he wasn't. He was stuck in an ideology that we'll see next. But his father came out and um, pleaded with him. So we see the father again pursuing the other son. But he answered his father and said, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, and yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you will kill the fattened calf for him. So here we see the older brother, sense of entitlement and pride, right? And we see the older brother is also just as lost and as broken as the younger son was. And his attitude reflects the, the religious doctrine that the Pharisees was holding on to. Like, why are we celebrating sinners? Why are we celebrating? Why are we feasting with them? Why are we welcoming them? And the father is trying to teach him reckless love, that both are welcome. And the father says, and, and even, let me back up, he, the, the older son says, and this your son. So he actually disassociates himself with his own brother, right? I've been there, I'm guilty of that, you know? <laughs> Angry at my brother and saying, your son did such and such, right? <laughs> So, you know, it, it, um, it challenges us to think, really think about given that situation when someone comes around seeking for forgiveness, do we hold resentment towards that person? Um, okay, so in verse 31, it says, my son, the father said, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours, he reminds him, this is your brother, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. 
And so I love that. I love that the father reminds him of his relationship with his brother. Not to be so quick to disown people, right? Because relationship is important. So this is the same way that God feels about us. These three parables are a culmination of how far God will go to bring us home. Even when we feel out there and we feel far from God, he is right there with open arms. He is with us. And every day he's showing us an avenue home. No matter what we have to go through to get there, he is always there showing us and in, in creative in his ways and showing us the pathway home. So, who remembers the V from the story? Anybody from the story? Okay. So, I didn't have to bring one. It's one. So, so, at the top of the V, right, you have the garden when man is in harmony with God, right? And so you have, at the beginning of the story, you have the younger son, the older son, and the father, and they're in harmony together. And then when and you have the decline where they enter into disobedience, the younger son says, no, I want, I want to be in control. I want to go out on my own. And Adam and Eve eat the fruit and that God told them not to. And so you see the decline of man, right? And then you see the lowest part for Adam and Eve was being kicked out of the garden, right? And the lowest part for the son was having to feed pigs and being starving and not having anyone give him anything, right? And so then you see redemption come. I love this. You see redemption. So you see the, the, the son turn around and say, you know what, I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to say, I, I sinned against you when I sinned against heaven. I want to come home. And so, and then, and, and, and then the bigger picture, in the bigger story, our redemption is Jesus. And so at the other part, of the, top, the top part of the V, you see the resurrection of Jesus, which redeems man from sin, right? So I love this story because it's a reflection of the bigger picture from man's harmony with God to the fall to the redemption. So where do you find yourself in this story today? You may be feeling a pull from the message to, to come home. And if that is you today, then we want to stand with you and support you in that. Heaven is waiting to celebrate you. You may be feeling a challenge of, um, you know, to, to love recklessly. Maybe there's a situation that you didn't handle as Jesus would, and that's okay, because guess what? We're welcome too. God is ready for us to come home too. So wherever you find yourself in this story today, just know that everyone is welcome. And even if you came home and you didn't get the response from people, Jesus already celebrated you. Amen. Amen. So 
I'll end in prayer for those things. Father God, we thank you once again for your word and for your presence and your Holy Spirit leading us this morning. We thank you for wherever we are in this story, wherever we find ourselves, we thank you that you are God that relentlessly searches and seeks us. We thank you that you are never far from us. And we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yo, let's give it up for Elena leading us in the word today. Yeah. Mm. Well done, my friend. Mm. Leading us closer to the Father's heart. Right? Do you see that picture of the Father's where you are? If you were asking that question this morning, will he meet me? Is it possible that I have gone farther than he can reach? I tell you, he has. He is and he will. He is ready to meet you where you are today. And each and every week, we have this opportunity to receive his grace the reminder of what he has done for us. But far more than a reminder, it is an active participation in this story. The story that is from our fall to our redemption. That God meets us where we are. Whether we have decided to follow him many years ago or today, if you are at that place, of saying, I'm ready. He is ready to meet you wherever you are. And so it's at the table. You were invited today. This is the Lord's table. It's not my table. It's not even our table. It is the Lord's table. And he invites each and every one of us. And as he invites us there, we remember that his body was broken on the cross. He did that consciously for you. And in that, that his blood would be poured out for the forgiveness of sin. Is anything that separates us from who God created us to be, he is ready to cover it today to meet you in that, to wrap his arms around you, to wrap the robe around you, and to throw the biggest celebration that you could ever imagine. And it is at that table that we are going to celebrate today. So in just a moment, we've got our lightsaber ready. There it is. You're going to dismiss by row to come down, and Amanda is going to tear off a piece of the bread and hand it to you. Molly's got the cup. You take the bread and dip it there in the cup. And you'll taste and see that the Lord is good, that he is with you now and always. So we invite you to come and receive.